Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and today we are diving into a study of Tradition 6. Tradition number 6 in your handy-dandy pocket guide to successful, livingly joyous, and happy, and free. The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. So the traditions are a way that our organization operates. They're like the 12 steps for a successful organization. And tradition six is an important one because tradition six is going to address some core things in us. One of the things that defines me as an alcoholic is how I love to impress people I don't like to talk about things I don't have or do and spend money in ways that I ought not to, right? And I do this all the time when I'm drinking. It's uh, part of sitting around a bar, right? You're bragging about stuff that's probably not true. Who knows? In any case, we know that property, prestige, money, these things divert our goals and divert our sense of purpose and divert us away from the ideal of a spiritual life. So how do we separate in sobriety? How do we keep our group safe from the pitfalls that seem to exist in all of us relative to material success, things like money, property, and prestige that we're going to talk about. How do we steer clear of that and stay in the spiritual sense? How do we separate the material from the spiritual? And Tradition 6 addresses that relative to an AA group. And the way we can frame this up for ourselves is just to think of it in terms of this. When I fall into that trap where I'm wanting to feed my ego, where I'm wanting to get my way, where self-righteousness, so it form of selfishness that makes me feel absolutely sure, certainty, the disease of certainty, self-pity, that form of selfishness that thinks the world's just attacking me, poor little old me, plum disease. How do those things play a role? I'm either not getting what I want or afraid of losing something I already have. And that is something we will address here in Tradition 6. It ties right into Tradition 7. How can we have a sixth tradition and not have Tradition 7? And we'll cover that as well. So let's dive on in. Tradition 6. An AA group ought never, should never, has a debt to never, never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Any, any, related facility or outside enterprise. And so what they're talking about in relation means things like hospitals and sober livings and treatment centers and therapists, less problems of money. Ooh, money's a problem. Property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. And it's going to talk a little bit about how we separate the AA club and the sober living and the therapy center and the hospital and all that stuff. How do we manage this? What is the line you draw? Here it goes. The moment we saw that we had an answer for alcoholism, which is like gold, right? It's a really important thing. It was reasonable, or so it seemed at the time, for us to feel that we might have an answer to a lot of things. Naturally, we do. The AA groups, many thought, could go into business. And we just explored that in another tradition. The AA groups, many thought, many like, so they've really thought about this. And this is part of that trial and error and the right to be wrong and all that stuff that leads up to tradition six. Could go into business and might finance any enterprise, whatever, in the total field of alcoholism. We're just going to go all in. Let's raise money and give it out. And one of the ideas, they were actually going to give alcoholics money to cover 
their bad debts instead of letting them earn that money like our nine step calls for. So you get the idea. It's already messed up in our minds. In fact, we felt duty bound to throw the whole weight of the AA name behind any meritous cause. Hmm. Meritous just means deserving honor and praise, things that align with us and we think are really great. So it doesn't matter how awesome the organization is, right? Here are some of the things we dream. Hospitals didn't like alcoholics, so we thought we'd build a hospital chain of our own. People needed to be told what alcoholism was, so we'd educate the public, even rewrite school and medical textbooks. You can tell alcoholics are involved with this, right? We're going to, let's rewrite the textbooks. We gather up derelicts, which are people without a job or a home. So if you don't have a job and you don't have a home, you're a darn derelict. We would gather up derelicts from skid rows, sort out those who could get well, because we're perfect for that, right? We always know who can do it and who can't, don't we? <laughs> and make it possible for the rest to earn their livelihood in a kind of quarantined confinement, protected, protected. Oh, no. Maybe these places would make large sums of money to carry on our other good works. We seriously thought of rewriting the laws of the land. So we're rewriting the textbooks. We're rewriting the laws. We're going to save everybody. We're going to go get the derelicts. We're going to build our own hospitals. This sounds like it's going the wrong way. Aren't you glad this didn't happen? Wow. And having it declared that alcoholics are sick people, no more would they be jailed. Judges would parole them in our custody. We'd spill AA into the dark regions of dope addiction and criminality. That's an interesting idea, right? We'd form groups of depressive and paranoid folks. We got AA for this and AA for that and AA for them and AA for those. The deeper the neurosis, the better we'd like it. It stood to reason that if alcoholism could be licked, so could any problem. If alcoholism could be licked, so could any problem. So they're thinking about the idea that a spiritual solution can be manipulated, contrived, and then people can be coerced to it, right? That's what they're talking about. Instead of going through the process they went through, which was the process of demoralizing themselves to a point of crisis where they become desperate and they decide they're willing to do anything. Instead, they want to make an easier, softer way, right? They want to create that thing that means you don't have to suffer so bad, but it's the suffering. It's the demoralization, the incomprehensible demoralization, the bludgeoning, the desperation and the incredible pain and suffering that we bring upon ourselves. That is the catalyst, the catapult into this spiritual solution. It occurred to us that we could take what we had into the factories and cause laborers and capitalists to love each other. Our uncompromising honesty might soon clean up politics with one arm around the shoulder of religion and the other around the shoulder of medicine, we'd resolve their differences. Having learned to live so happily, we'd show everybody else how. <laughs> Are you listening to this? This is where, this, this is definitely alcoholics hard at work. And it may be you sitting in your group. It may be you thinking about what's wrong with your group and how it needs to change and all the great things that you might be able to achieve if only, if only, right? If only, hmm, why, we thought, our Society of Alcoholics Anonymous might prove to be the spearhead of a new spiritual advance. We might transform the world. 
No mention of God in there. Only mention of alcoholics and their egocentric ideas. Yes, we of AA did dream those dreams. How natural that was. That's why I laugh, because we all do this. Since most alcoholics are bankrupt idealists, we show up with nothing. We show up desperate. We show up broke. And then we think we got great ideas. <laughs> we think we got great ideas. Here, listen to this. Nearly every one of us had wished to do great good, perform great deeds, and embody great ideals. We are all perfectionists who, failing perfection, have gone to the other extreme and settled for the bottle and the blackout. Providence through AA had brought us within reach of our highest expectations. I think for me, it well exceeded my highest expectations. So why shouldn't we share our way of life with everyone? Okay, well, here we go. This is why. Whereupon we tried AA hospitals, they all, all bogged down because you cannot put an AA group into business. Too many busybody cooks spoil the broth. That means, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? It, it's just a problem because we all have these ideas. AA groups had their fling at education. And when they began to publicly whoop up on the merits of this or that brand, people became confused. So we go out as, as representatives, so to speak, of AA, and we wish to educate the public, but we all have a variety of experiences and thoughts on this, and so it actually confuses people instead of just letting AA be AA. Hmm. Did AA fix drunks, or was it an educational project? Was it just something you learned? Do we fix them? You know, we put two new screws in there, and we tighten it down, glue something together? I don't know. Was AA spiritual, or was it medical? That's a good question, isn't it? Depends on who you talk to, doesn't it? Was it a reform movement? Seems like it is. I mean, people are in it reformed, so to speak. Hmm. And consternation, which is that strong feeling of surprise, like, what? I'm surprised. In consternation, we saw ourselves getting married to all kinds of enterprises, some good, some not so good. Watching alcoholics committed willy-nilly to prisons or asylums, we began to cry. There ought to be a law. So here's that self-righteousness, right? We're going to get on that defense, that victim train. AAs commenced to thump tables in legislative committee rooms and agitated for legal reform. Whew, agitated. So we quit fighting everyone and everything except the government, uh, everyone and everything except the educational system, everyone and everything except the hospital system. Those are big things to be out there fighting. Can you see the source of resentment, jealousy, ire, God save me from being angry, except at this organization, right? It's a big problem. Even inside AA, we found it imperative to remove the AA name from clubs and 12-step houses. We're backing all the way out. We're going all the way out. Years ago, this principle of no endorsement was put to a vital test. Some of the great distilling companies proposed to go into the field of alcohol education. It would be a good thing, they believed, for the liquor trade to show a sense of public responsibility. They wanted to say that liquor should be enjoyed, not misused. Hard drinkers ought to slow down and problem drinkers, alcoholics, should not drink at all. Hmm. Who's better than AA for that? I mean, come on. In one of their trade associations, the question arose of just how this campaign should be handled. Geez, let's think about that. Of course, they would use the resources of radio, press, and films to make their point. 
but what kind of person should head the job? They immediately thought of Alcoholics Anonymous. If they could find a good public relations man in our ranks, of which there would be dozens. There's all sorts of people that want to sing the praises of AA. There'd be dozens. Why wouldn't he be ideal? He'd certainly know the problem. His connection with AA would be valuable. And because the fellowship stood high in public favor and hadn't an enemy in the world. So what we're talking about here is it's rational, it's ethical, it's moral, it's reasonable, it's not spiritual. And we encountered that in our second tradition and how God reveals himself in our group conscience where Bill was offered a job at Towns Hospital to bring AA into there. And that would be an association. So this step right here is directly, this tradition, I'm sorry, is directly related to that second one, right? That God speaks to us through our group conscience is exactly related to this because even there, Bill thought it was, well, completely ethical. It was completely moral, certainly reasonable. He needed the money. It all made perfect sense. Everyone involved was really trying to do good. The intentions were good. However, it was not spiritual. And when he ran into that idea, when he realized that even a biblical quote, even the fact that it was exciting to him, even though these things made perfect logical sense, it still isn't the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do because it's not spiritual. And we're a spiritual group. We're all about spirit. Hmm, let's get on. Soon they'd spotted their man, an AA with the necessary experience. Straight away, he appeared at New York's AA headquarters asking. So he went and got outside help. So this is the group conscience method. This is tradition number two, playing it itself out here. Straight away, he appeared at New York AA's headquarters asking, is there anything in our tradition that suggests I shouldn't take a job like this one? The kind of education seems good to me. It's logical. It's reasonable. It perhaps is helpful and is not too controversial. No one's really going to argue with the fact that alcoholics ought not to drink liquor and that people ought to handle it responsibly. Do you headquarters folks see any bugs in it? At first glance, it did look like a good thing. Then doubt crept in. The association wanted to use our member's full name in all its advertising. He was to be described both as its director of publicity and, and, and here's the problem, as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of course, there couldn't be the slightest objection if such an association hired an AA member solely or only or just because of his public relations ability and his knowledge of alcoholism. If that's all they wanted to do and there was going to be no mention of AA, it's perfectly fine. It doesn't infringe. It doesn't come in and mess with the spirituality of the program. Hmm. But that wasn't the whole story. For in this case, not only was an AA member to break his anonymity at a public level, he was to link the name of Alcoholics Anonymous to this particular educational project. That we do not do in the minds of millions. Prejudicing people to think of it a particular way. It would be bound to appear that AA was now backing education, liquor trade association style. So we go through all that and it seems right and all these things, but that last sentence you go, that doesn't sound right, right? That AA is backing education, liquor trade association style. Immediately sounds like, I mean, I'm, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a good idea, right? So it goes on. The minute we saw this compromising fact for what it was, 
we asked the prospective publicity director how he felt about it. Great guns, he said. Of course I can't take the job. The ink wouldn't be dry on the first ad before an awful shriek would go up from the dry camp. They'd be out with lanterns looking for an honest AA to plumb for their brand of education. Right? So we got this particular form of education coming from liquor trade associations, and the AA member immediately saw that all the liquor brands would be looking to do something like this if it was successful. And he was confident it would be successful. He's talking about it immediately having a negative impact and creating greater confusion and associating AA with a group of things that may not be helpful to the alcoholic who still suffers. Hmm. It said half the people in this country would think we'd signed up with the dries and the other half would think we joined the wets. What a mess. Nevertheless, we pointed out, you still have a legal right to take this job. He can take it. We're just hoping, asking, suggesting, wanting, wishing, praying <laughs> that you don't do it the way they're asking you to do it. Hmm. I know that, he said, but this is no time for legalities because it's a time for spirituality. Alcoholics Anonymous saved my life and it comes First, I certainly won't be the guy to land AA in big time trouble, and this would really do it. Concerning endorsements, which are any type of thing that we might do that suggests we support a cause or an organization, concerning endorsements, our friend had said it all. We saw as never before that we could not lend the AA name to any cause other than our own, because it confuses people, because it puts us out there in a way we don't want to be, because our image becomes more than the individual recovered alcoholic that got that way as a result of our simple program. So it is vital. I was at a place, a meeting of people that are actually associated with or in AA one time. It's a recovery style center. And one of the people I was talking to just was in ire that the local AAs wouldn't gather around this effort at recovery. And they took it as almost personal, like we were rejecting what they had going on, that we weren't going to be helpful. Has anybody anywhere asked for help? Well, I promise you, the best help we can ever offer another organization is to remain autonomous, self-governing is to allow God to speak to us through our group conscience, to focus on unity above all things so that we can continue to carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. That's really what it's all about. Nothing at all that AA proposes interferes with any other organization. As any of you know, that have been in a treatment center, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous have come out and manifested in all kinds of ways. And they're right there in those centers. AA does not endorse that, nor does it tell them not to use AA stuff. It's just not in any way officially connected. We're, we're, we don't endorse anything. And that's so important. So how does your group manage that? Or how do you manage that in your own life? How do you manage that in your own life? There's this great Hank Williams song, and it's mind your own business, mind your own business. And there's a line that you can put out there, because if, if you mind your own business, then you won't be minding mine, right? And I think that's the message here, that as your group just minds its own business, it just fourth traditions all the time, it is autonomous and governs itself, 
unless it's a matter that affects AA as a whole. And when we start talking about doing public things, even this podcast, there's a reason why it's done under a moniker, right? It's Dan Dan, because I'm not putting out my whole name out there. I'm not breaking my anonymity for the sake of this podcast. This podcast is not endorsed by AA in any way. It's just one other person that calls himself, that has self-declared himself an AA member, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And that's all I've got. That's all I've got. And I know we go over the material, but it in no way becomes the authoritative or the official thing of AA at all. It, it couldn't be anything like that. It's just, in essence, an entertainment function that we hope you garner insights out of. AA is its own thing. And our sixth tradition asks us to keep it that way to the best of our ability. One other thing I want to mention, when we get out in this world and we add labels to ourselves, not just inside of our group, like if you have a church group and you have a particular denomination and you have a name for yourselves, that's all fine and well when you are amongst like-minded people. And we do this, right? We go to AA and we say, hey, my name's Dan and I'm an alcoholic, right? No big deal. And you may go to some other function, some other group or scout club or something like that. Who knows? Some camping club. And you may have names for yourselves there. The Grateful Dead people call themselves deadheads, right? But you're not going to go to your boss and say, hey, I'm a deadhead. <laughs> you know, I'm a deadhead. You're not going to go to a job interview and say that. They don't ask you that on a credit application or anything. And then that same way, we want to keep our stuff closed. Now, you meet somebody that requires the help or the information or is interested in your group, right? Somebody's like, I love the Grateful Dead. And you go, you might tell them. And in our case, as we carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers, the concept of anonymity just goes out the window, except in public presentations, except in press radio films, the internet, that type of thing. It goes out the window because we're going to go not just breach our anonymity, but we're going to define ourselves as alcoholic for the sake of this person that maybe they can see how we're enough alike in order to connect. And you may meet those people through jails and institutions that it's saying stay away from. So the, the difference between the material is when it's external, when it's property, money, or it might put you in a position or elevate you as some sort of representative or official person from AA, that prestige, right? When it will do that, you want to practice anonymity as best you can and carry the message very personally. That way, you're just talking about you and you don't take on that official role. You can go into churches and it's all recommended in here and hospitals and asylums and all that stuff in order to carry the AA message. But you carry it as a self-declared member of Alcoholics Anonymous for the sole purpose, not just the primary, but perhaps the only purpose of helping someone else, helping another alcoholic, and at the same time, of course, saving your own life. And this ties right into the seventh tradition as well, because if we swear off support, if we say this organization can't give us money, and we say this other organization can't give us money, AA doesn't even want money when you pass away. Think about that. We don't want large sums of money. Each group is self-supporting by its members. So as we get into the seventh tradition, it's really important to hear why the seventh tradition, because if we're going to refuse all outside help and all affiliation and all endorsements, well, then we've gone right against the economy that typically supports nonprofit organizations or 
non-revenue-based organizations, right? We, we just dive and stand right up against it. So how do we get money? And that comes up in the seven traditions. So today, if you have a discussion you'd like to have, let's talk about how your ego, your desire for money, your desire for property, your desire for prestige while you were drinking has led you or helped lead you into the AA rooms. How was your distorted view of the world? What were you trying to get out of those things? How did they deliver some brief, momentary, transient satisfaction? What was it that you wanted other people to think of you? How did you misrepresent your family? How did you misrepresent your work? Whatever it is, going after money, property, and prestige. How do those three things affect you in your life? And what, as you listen to this, as you have this discussion, Think about why. You, it'll become very clear, I believe, why AA has tradition number six. And remember this, they've already been there and done that. They've already been there and done that. They've done the trial and error. We can learn from them, but they leave the door open in our beautiful program that if we've got to do it, we have the right to be wrong and learn from that. The beautiful gift, the never failing educational effort of trial and error remains available. So I hope you guys have a great discussion.